Welcome to Value Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing our region's economy. Today is Monday, May 23rd. I'm your host, AJ Mastretta, and I'm joined once again today by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. In this episode, we're talking about Houston's ties to the rest of the world and how geopolitics and global markets impact our local economy. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. AJ, it's always good to talk to you, and it's always good to talk to listeners of our podcast. They learn a little bit about what's going on in Houston. For sure. Uh, Patrick, just uh, this past week, we had our annual Houston's Global Economy event. You gave a presentation there. Kind of talk through some of what you presented and uh, point folks to a more comprehensive report. That's our focus today. I want to start off with a broad question of why we here in Houston should really care about the global economy writ large. How does what's happening elsewhere directly affect what's happening here? Well, the global economy is one of the three sectors which drives Houston's economy. Uh, the global economy is one of the three sectors which supports job growth. I mean, the global economy is, is one of the sectors that provides taxes and revenues for the region. Uh, it, it's If you want a real general way to look at it, uh, there's a rule of thumb out there that when it comes to exports for every roughly billion dollars in service-related exports, it's going to support over 5,000 jobs in the Houston region. Every billion dollars in, in manufacturing exports is going to support about 4,800 jobs in the Houston region. Mm. So when you, when you export, we export a lot, it supports a lot of jobs here in the region. So exports, as you said, big component of our relationship to the broader global economy. What types of goods uh, is Houston actually exporting, and what have we seen in exports over the last few years? Well, it shouldn't surprise anybody. What we export is in essentially our industrial base. Hmm. We export a lot of crude and refined products. We export chemicals and plastics, industrial machinery, vehicles, steel and metals and so forth. Uh, we also export some, some grains and some cotton. Uh, that's not as much so it's grown to here, but it is something which passes through the region on the way. One thing I want to point out, I talk, we talk about exports. We also import a significant amount, but Houston is one of the, the rare areas where we actually export significantly more than we import. Uh, if you look at uh, the ratio, it's almost a two to one ratio for what we export to what we import in dollar terms. Okay. And how does that compare to like, say other major port cities like New York or Los Angeles? Are they, are they tending to import more than they're exporting? Well, a couple of things. Let's talk about what we're not dealing, discussing just the port. We're discussing things which get manufactured or, or, or assembled or, or somehow put together here in the Houston region and then exported. It could go out to the port of Houston or it could go out to the port of Los Angeles or it could go out to the port of Miami. The right. point is these are things which we make and which the money from the export flows back into this region. So Houston, uh, we lead the nation in exports. I mean, we exported $140 billion worth of stuff in 2021. New York is the only metro that comes closer. They exported about $104 billion. LA about 60 billion, Chicago about 55 billion, and our, our, our little sister to the north, Dallas, uh, they exported about 43 billion. So we, we lead the nation in exports. Not only do we lead the nation in exports, we have led the nation in exports nine out of the last 10 years. There are many different types of cargo that come in and out of our port network. Talk about container traffic specifically, if you can. That sector took a tumble early in the pandemic. Where, where does it stand today? 
Uh, we're, we're setting records for container exports. And, and when, when AJ and I are talking about containers, we're talking about those big boxes that you're sitting on the back of an 18-wheeler that are going down I-10 or I, I-69 or around the 610 loop. And this stuff that comes in, those big boxes on ships, they get taken off the ship, stacked on the back of a truck and hauled around. Uh, we saw container cargo start to drop off early in the pandemic, but it uh, actually started to pick up uh, late in 2020. And we are now actually setting records for exports and imports of containers. I mean, we're on track to handle over 3 million containers this year, and that will be a record for Houston. Now, let, let me address th that other part of the question. What are the sort of things that, that we export and what we import? Uh, you know, it, it, a lot of stuff goes out via container. Uh, we exported over 500,000 containers worth of plastics and resins last year, almost 250,000 containers worth of, of chemicals and minerals. Uh, we exported, believe it or not, we export a lot of food and drink, which is about 74,000 containers worth of, of food and drinks were exported. Even uh, steel and metals get, go out through a container. On the other hand, you know, what we bring in are, are primarily consumer goods. I mean, we tend to export industrial stuff and import consumer stuff. Uh, we imported over 200,000 containers worth of, of hardware and construction materials, about 190,000 containers worth of food and drinks, uh, about 150,000 containers of just general retail consumer goods, 130,000 containers of furniture. And we do import uh, some industrial stuff. We imported about 80,000 containers of chemicals and minerals and about 78,000 of plastics. Uh, it's the way the bulk of traffic moves around the world because containers are a very efficient way and a very safe way to move goods and commodities around. It's interesting that you say a lot of what we import are those consumer-based goods. And, and talk about, you know, if something is coming in through Houston as an import, why is that a strategically advantageous place for it to come into? So I'm, I'm guessing things are going out from here across the middle section of the country, right? Yeah, well, a couple of things. If, if it's coming into Houston, through the port of Houston or through one of the other ports in the region, it means the jobs handling those goods are, are here in Houston, as opposed to if it came in through Los Angeles, Long Beach or Savannah, Georgia, those jobs would be based in those other areas. The other thing is it, it, it kind of shortens the, the supply chain, which helps if it comes in through Houston, it'll, it'll get to the store shelves or to the factories or the warehouses a lot sooner. Mm. And the other thing to realize is that just because we import something uh, doesn't mean that it's it's always a consumer good. We'll import things which become components of other manufactured products. And it might be something that's assembled here in Houston and then shipped elsewhere in the U.S. or it could be the component of a manufactured product which is manufactured in Houston and then re-exported. It's just a, a, another way that, that commerce takes place and takes place very efficiently in this region. Okay. Before we continue, Patrick, I want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers 53.com. Patrick, moving to foreign direct investment or what we call FDI, how do you define that metric and what have we seen there in recent years? Uh, foreign direct investment, FDI, it is when a company which is headquartered overseas or a company that is a parent company overseas decides to invest in Houston. And by investing in Houston, what I mean is they decide to open up a warehouse or a factory or a distribution center, a repair center, an R&D facility or an office of some port. 
and, and by that coming to Houston, what they're doing is uh, they're providing all sorts of benefits to the region. I mean, foreign direct investment, uh, it, it brings new capital into the region. You know, it expands our manufacturing base. It, it, and it underpins jobs here. It facilitates the exchange of ideas. It increases trade. It stimulates growth. I mean, it enlarges the tax base. And, and some of these companies you might not have heard of, like people might not know Braskem, the Brazilian chemical company, or mm -hmm. they might not know Wood, which is the engineering firm based out of England. Others, I'm sure you know, like IKEA and Shell and Schlumberger right. uh, and, and Siemens and so forth. Well, we normally in a normal year, we'll get 45 to 50 uh, FDI announcements. During the pandemic year, 2020, we only had 13 announcements. Hmm. Last, last year, it picked up. Last year, 2021, we had 26 announcements. But we're expecting to see it pick up this year, pick up significantly. One of our gauges of, of how much we expect it to grow is just the number of inquiries we're getting here at the partnership. You know, one of our jobs is to go out and recruit businesses to the region. And that's not just domestic, but that's overseas businesses. Now, this time last year, we were only working 21 inquiries. Right now, we're actually working with 34 different inquiries. So mm. you can see that it, it's gone up over 50%. So uh, last year, we had 26 announcements. I expect us to, to come close to doubling that this year. Okay. Uh, you know, I actually learned something really interesting the other day when you were talking. Uh, foreign direct investment is not a company overseas necessarily just buying real estate. Uh, and that's that's an important distinction. It's not just uh, owning assets or, or purchasing assets. It's developing something, if you will, from the ground up. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. With foreign direct investment, uh, it, yes, it is making a commitment to operate something in Houston a commitment to operate a plant, uh, an R&D facility, a warehouse, an office of some sort. And, and the most important thing about the FDI is it, it creates jobs in the region. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of companies which are employed and their parent company, their ultimate boss is in Paris or London or Rio de Janeiro or Mexico City, someplace like that. And so really, based on what you're seeing in the pipeline, if you will, for foreign direct investment, that's what indicates that we're going to see, most likely, hopefully see a resurgence, a doubling perhaps of what we saw last year, correct? Yeah, we will definitely see more FDI this year than we saw last year. Another thing we have in our favor is the fact that the U.S. economy is the strongest economy in the nation right now, the strongest economy in the world right now. Uh, when companies are looking to expand, they want to expand into a market which itself is expanding or a market that's healthy. Now, given all the concerns about recession in Europe, uh, recession overseas because of the global supply chain issues. Uh, if you look around, the U.S. is the best place to invest right now. And if you look at the places in the U.S. to invest, Houston is one of the best places in the U.S. to invest. There's been so much speculation in the media among investors and from industry and government leaders around the world as to the possibility of a global recession. What do, your, what do the numbers tell you, Patrick? Well, well, first off, I want to say those concerns are valid. I'm not going to dismiss those concerns. Uh, when you look at some of the indicators out there, uh, it does make individuals, makes businesses, investors, makes them nervous, especially every time you hear about what's happening in the U.S. stock market, whether it's the S&P or the, the, the Dow or the NASDAQ. Uh, but you need to understand that the stock market isn't necessarily the economy. It's maybe a reflection of the economy. And one of the reasons why the stock market is going down is because the Fed's raising interest rates. And there's some concern that, maybe earnings won't be growing quite as fast. But if you look at 
all the other indicators out there, if you look at just U.S. indicators, we're still adding jobs at the rate of over 400,000 a month. The long-term average is 200,000. If you look at consumer spending, if you look at business investment, if, if you look at industrial production, they're all still trending upward. Not a single one of those indicators has turned down. But, but maybe one of the most important ones, is, you know, when you think about a recession, what is the number one indicator of recession? Layoffs, people losing their job. And if you look at the, the layoff announcements, they are way, way down. If you look at what we're seeing for uh, initial claims for unemployment insurance, they are lower now than they were prior to the pandemic. So yes, valid concerns, but as far as the data points, I don't see it. I guess my biggest worry right now is all the talk of recession and all that talk is making people nervous. And I'm mm. worried that what's going to happen is that we're going to talk ourselves into recession, even though the data doesn't support it. Yeah. And it, elaborate on that a little bit, because how, how would that happen? Is it that investors would just get so skittish that they would would cause some uh, domino effect that would that potentially could cause a recession? And back up. It's not the investors. It's the consumers. Mm. It all comes down to consumer confidence. If you look at what takes place in the economy, the Bureau of Economic Analysis has got some data there. And, and roughly what, 65, 70% of all economic activity in the U.S. is tied to consumer expenditures. Now, that's not retail. Retail is a subcomponent of expenditures. You're looking at what consumers would spend on healthcare, on housing, on services, and so forth. If the consumer looks around and sees all this bad news out there, they're going to say, hmm, Maybe I shouldn't spend that money on the vacation that I was going to take. We'll stay home. Or maybe we won't go to Disney World. We'll just go to Garner State Park. Or maybe I shouldn't buy that new car and I'll just drive this one another year or two. Or, or maybe rather than this going out to a nice restaurant, we'll just eat at one of the fast food places. And if consumers start to get a little bit worried, they'll pull back on their spending. And if they pull back on their spending, then that will affect the business community's decisions about whether they should hire more, whether they should invest more where they should go into new markets. And that's where the real danger is. It's the loss of consumer confidence because of all this negativity out there. Now, once again, granted, there, is, there are valid concerns, but I'm not seeing it in the data. All right. So really consumer sentiment being the, you know, the tip of the spear, if you will, and their reaction then potentially causing that, uh, that ripple effect, if you will, in the economy. Yeah, they're, they're pulling back because they're afraid. And it's, it would be fear that pushes into, into the recession, not a collapse in the economy. Patrick, to wrap us up, uh, Houston got an important report from the feds on Friday. What did it tell us about jobs, about our jobs recovery here in this metro region? Gosh, AJ, I know this is a podcast. Uh, I wish I could show fireworks on the screen. I guess you're just going to have to boom, boom. Maybe I can make audio fireworks. We did really well. As we've talked about on prior podcasts, uh, Houston lost 359,000 jobs in March and April of 2020. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, we had a revised job report for March and a new job report for April. We created so many jobs that now we have since recouped in the aggregate all the jobs we lost in the early part of the pandemic. Uh, we lost 359,000. We've recouped 365,000. So we are employment now is above where it was prior to the downturn. One caveat, not every sector has recovered fully, but in the sum total of all the jobs in Houston's economy, we have more jobs now than we had in February prior to the pandemic. 
That's great. Uh, it's certainly something we've been watching and, as you said, monitoring over the months uh, and really years. But again, uh, some sectors, bigger winners than other sectors, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're still seeing a little bit of a, a struggling in manufacturing, a little bit of a struggle in energy and a little bit of struggle in construction. But God, so many of those other sectors, they're, uh, they're just uh, those three plus, I think, hotels and one other are the only ones that have not fully recovered. And it's just been, it's, it's actually been quite remarkable because if you would have asked me in May of 2020, how long it's going to take to recover all the jobs, you know, that roughly 360,000 jobs that we lost, 359, 360, is equivalent to about five years worth of job growth. And we got all those jobs back in two years. I mm. guess that's just another sign of just how resilient Houston's economy is. All right, Patrick, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. Uh, AJ, it's always a pleasure, and I hope those that tune into the podcast are, are getting some useful information out there. If not, send AJ or I an email. You can find us at the website, and we'll see what we can do to fix it. Absolutely, and we're happy to take, uh, take suggestions for topics you guys want to hear, hear covered. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There you'll also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the work of the partnership to make a difference in Houston. Special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for making today's podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Bayou Business Download.